All right, Justin. A through Z. T. Justin, we did a little bit of a descriptor of what the fuck was news this week. Why the fuck did you pick something that you like? You knew what the topics were. Why did you literally pick something that does not tie into our topics? We had one topic, Justin. We have one topic we have to talk about. And you literally picked a letter that doesn't go into that. You said I look like Darius Rucker. A little bit. <laughs> He's mad. When you <laughs> smile. Your punishment. <laughs> that right there. Right there. Look. Mad. Look at the taint. He's still mad about it. Mm-mm. He's so upset. <laughs> yes. Why, why, why do you not buying it? Why do you hate Darius Rucker? Why do you hate Hootie? I don't hate him, but I don't Justin, think I look like him. Man, right before we recorded, you were like, man, fuck that hootie blowfish motherfucker. Why is were you saying that? Why do you hate the hoots? Why do you hate the hoots so much? <laughs> the hoots. <laughs> That's not the most egregious one. The most egregious one is Steve Harvey. All right, that's on that racism that? shit. That's weird. No, I don't see that one. That is, that, that's, <laughs> yes. that's that black people look alike shit. That's super weird. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, dude. Steve it's literally Harvey. just because you're both bald. And, like, get, like, and you've got facial hair. Like you're black, bald, and facial hair. Like that's it. Yeah. That's the requirements. Right. Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah. Back before I had a beard, people said I looked like Moby. And that was actually kind of accurate. I know no longer look like yeah, Moby. Yeah, that was. Moby, though. Yeah, that was accurate because when I saw Moby, I went, oh, damn. You do kind of look like him. If I look like anybody now, I look like, what's his name? The lead singer of uh, R.E.M. Uh Oh God! What was it? Uh, Mike Mike Stipe. I look like him now because he grew out his beard, and he's yeah. even got a septum piercing. Hmm. I yeah, I didn't know he had a beard. Now sometimes, yeah. Here's a good picture of it. I'll send this to you guys real quick, so you guys can see Mike Stipe. Especially when I still wore glasses, it was way more accurate. But his beard's very much more white than mine. I think I remember one time I got told that I looked like uh, Kirsten mm-hmm. Dunst, and I just didn't know how I felt about that at the time. You don't. Look I don't like actually. Dunst. I don't. But at the time, I was like, I, I didn't specifically think that she was very attractive. So I was like, I don't know if I like this. But she is actually, she is very pretty. But I just, at the time, I was like, wait, what now? It was probably the movie I saw her in that I was like, I don't want to be like her. So, Justin, do I look more like Mike Stipe than you look like Steve Harvey? Yes, I would say yes. Because he actually has a very similar beard to mine, except his is more white. Yeah. You know. 
And like if you had on glasses, I mean, it, it would it yeah. would be pretty close. Yeah. How I, I look used to wear similar frames. I did. I used to wear similar, similar frames, frames to that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, since you picked F, Justin, because that was the letter you were supposed to pick. <laughs> okay. I mean, the only real big movie news that we've gotten recently is the they announced the cast of the Fantastic Four. So we got Pedro Pascal as Mr. Fantastic. Everybody knows who the fuck that guy is. Uh, we got uh, Vanessa Kirby as Sue Storm. People may remember her from, uh, she was in the Mission Impossible Fallout. She was also in uh, uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Yep. As Sister Shaw. I think she's also in the Napoleon movie that just came out. Sure. As his wife or whatever her name was. Sure. If that's a thing. I'll, I'll take your word on that though, Heather. Um, but yeah, so she's, uh, she's Sue Storm. Uh, Joseph Quinn. Uh, Eddie from Stranger Things. And he's also going to be in that new uh, Quiet Place Day One. He's in that, um, that comes out this, uh, July, I think, but, uh, he is going to play Johnny storm and we have, uh, Evan Moss Bacharach who plays, uh, uh, Richie and the bear is, uh, is the one and only Ben Grimm. Nice. So that's I mean, all, the that's thing all is- we got though. Like individually, that's a, that's like that's some good acting. It's some good actors in the roles, but also, I mean, Michael B. Jordan was in one of them, and that <laughs> doesn't mean much necessarily. Well, that movie had Miles Teller, Kate Mara, and Michael B. Jordan, and sucked terribly. Yeah, and they're all good. You know, they're all good. Michael B. Yeah. Jordan is great. All of them are good. You know what I mean? I'm so like, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. One. Um, was it like Jamie Bell? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Jamie Bell. And he's a good actor too. Like, yeah, I just, so it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a good movie just because there are good actors in it, which we also know from Argyle, you know, but like it, it just, I, I would like to think a third reboot of this movie will make them get it right. I really like the Vanessa Kirby choice. I think that's a really good choice. I'm curious to see what Joseph Quinn does with like a Johnny Storm character. Yeah. And we'll get to see him as something else this summer too. So true. Yeah. Um, And outside of that, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think he's going to be the villain in the gladiator two movie. Oh really? Joseph Quinn? Mm -hmm. No. I didn't know that. Yeah. Which Pedro Pascal is in? <laughs> He's in everything. I get it. But yeah. I can kind of see that with Joseph Quinn because he kind of does look like a Roman emperor. <laughs> <laughs> like with short hair. 
Yeah. You know, where it's just yeah. kind of like strandy in the front. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He kind of looks like Joaquin Phoenix in that regard. But. And we'll see. Um, Henry Cavill has been cast in the MCU. And an undisclosed role. They've come to agreements. He's going to be somebody. So that's okay. a thing. Sure. I wonder who. No one knows. Except him and Kevin Feige. Like, that's the thing. Is people know. Like, just say it. Like, what, what, what are you really going to do? Like, surprise us with a Henry Cavill? Just tell us who the fuck he's playing. You announced Mahershala Ali was playing Blade about 27 years ago. And we still <laughs> yeah. haven't even seen that in a fucking right. movie yet. So, Also, I think I heard they're making an Eternals 2, like, in 2026 or something like that. Maybe 2025. And I'm like, is anybody going to, like, care about it at that point? I don't know. Um, I know that was the original plan, but I just don't know if they're still going to do it. Yeah, who knows? Maybe they're thinking, like, I mean, some of these, well, they were already kind of bigger stars mostly but like maybe they're thinking they can kind of get something fresh going because like Barry Keoghan is like a big deal now and uh, Jimmy Chan's been in more stuff you know what I mean I don't know I mean who knows I mean the, the sad thing is is none of that stopped the last movie from sucking so Fair point. Yeah, none of that stopped Ant-Man from sucking either. (laughs) But people still wanted to see it. So, yeah. And then you have good movies like the Marvels and nobody sees it. So who knows? And then, yeah, that might be the most underrated movie of last year. I don't know if like, yeah, I mean, one of them, I, I, I kind of see what you're saying. It's, it's not even, it's not that I think it's underrated. I think it's properly rated because everybody I know that saw it liked it. But I get yeah, I guess I mean under just underwatched. Under, underappreciated, maybe. maybe. Underappreciated, maybe that's a better word for it. Yeah. Yeah, we I, I almost want to call that like the Rocket Man Award. Because we all loved Rocket Man and nobody fucking went and saw that. Yeah. yeah. But 97 billion people went and watched a very, very below average Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't, I don't even remember, but I don't even think Taron Edgerton got nominated, did he? That was a don't travesty. Don't even get me started on that. Yeah. Because yeah. fucking, and don't get me wrong, I like Rami Malek, but he didn't even sing. And they gave him an Academy yeah. Award. Taron Edgerton actually sang. All of the songs yeah. in Rocket Man, and they went, eh. right? Like, ugh, I don't know. It's the far superior movie of like the the biopics that year. It was the same year, right? Yeah, maybe not next year. Year it was the year, oh, okay. it was the year after Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Either way, it was the far superior film in every way, and like, it's just unfortunate because Taron Edgerton was great. He was perfect in that role. You know, when it comes to, I mean, transformations, I mean, that man sang 
just like Elton John. I mean, like that's a transformation. Like he, he did the singing too. Just uh, travesty. Yeah. And he was so good. Like his voice is, I mean, it has to be, if you're going to sound like Elton John, but like such a good voice. Ugh, now I'm all mad. But I don't know. I think we were kind of talking about movies with Marvel characters that nobody fucking saw. And what's a better transition than that? Slayers. 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 Hello, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers Podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight we are going to talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with the new Sony Spider-Man or Sony Pictures Spider-Man Marvel Universe, whatever the fuck it's called, movie with Madam Web. We will go <laughs> spoiler free. Justin, we're still spoiler free. Don't give it away yet. Oh, just couldn't hold it in. <laughs> we're going to go spoiler free recommendations and scores and then into a more spoiler centric section with time codes in the description to allow you to jump around in both audio and video formats. And with all that, because he's just so antsy to talk about it. Justin, what are your spoiler-free thoughts about Sony Pictures in association with Marvel, Madam Web? Oh, Madam. Mm. Oh, Madam. You know, I thought that Morbius... was the worst Spider-Man adjacent, I guess that's what you would call it, film in these association with Marvel films. Because what we've got, what, the Venoms, we've got Morbius. We have this. And now you have this. And we also have Craven. That's right, Craven. That then that's to come out. But so far we've and just got 3. those, right? We've we've got we've got three movies in this Sony Pictures universe coming out this year. Oh. Madam Web, Craven, and Venom Three. God. Well That record. <laughs> yeah, that record though. I thought I thought I thought I saw a bad comic movie when I saw Morbius. And then this movie was like this has to be the hold my beer of bad of you want to see a bad <laughs> in association with Marvel comic book movie because man, I just God, you want to talk about a lack of effort? Like, 
I just don't know if a single shred of effort was really given to this other than it just existing because contractually we have to have X amount of movies of this in order to keep licenses in that when it comes to Spider-Man. I just, this just felt They like don't one even of those, have that, Justin. They don't? They, I thought they had to make a certain amount of movies. No, that was some of the Fox deals that Marvel had with Fox. Sony just has them. Oh, really? So this didn't have to be made? No. This was just a conscious choice between people with brains and they just said, oh, this will work? I don't know if it's people with brains, Justin, but people. (laughs) I mean, man, that makes it even worse. I thought this was obligatory. You mean to tell me that somebody thought that this was that this was a great idea? Justin. Oh, my goodness. They could just I, I mean, as far as I know, there could be something like that in the deal. But as far as I know. They just own the cinematic rights to Spider-Man and Spider-Man adjacent characters. Oh, my goodness. That's just it. Well, I mean, but this movie just, I, I just question what effort was given on any level. Some of the acting, you could just kind of tell. It, it felt phoned in at times. I, I would. I I have a bone to pick, Justin. You just said the word acting. (laughs) Where the fuck was acting in this movie, Justin? Hey, I mean, Adam Scott was acting. He he was being Adam Scott. Justin, all right, you got me there. Adam Scott was adaming. Adam Scott was adaming. You you got me there. (laughs) And I'll actually go more in that, that later, but you got me there. Yeah, we got a little Adam Adaming. You know, he was doing his thing, you know, for for what he could do. Um, but no, most of it, though, it felt like just everybody kind of knew that this was dumb and acted, I guess, if you want to call it that. We'll, lose, we'll use the term loosely well, accordingly. There's actually some behind the scenes drama that we'll get into in spoilers. Oh, actually yes. kind of makes you understand a little bit more about this movie. It doesn't make you feel better about it in any way, shape or form, but oh, it, I know it, it helps. It make sense. Okay. Okay. Good. Cause there, cause of, of course there had to be some because you could just feel it in some of the performances. This story is just so mind numbingly bad that it's, it, it's just, it's going to be painful to talk about, but that's why we're here. That's why we're cinema slayers. And I'm, damn it, I'm going to get through it. We're, we're going to talk about this. And we're going to, and I'm going to dissect it and talk about things that happen and why they happen. <laughs> and and the, really, there's no rhyme or reason for a lot of it other than what do we need to move the plot along? Okay, thing happens so we can move plot along. The characters are so one note. Nobody is developed well. Nobody, I I mean, they just didn't care about anything. They didn't care about developing a villain. They didn't care about developing characters. Characters are just placeholders to get the story from, from the first act to the second act to the third act. And that's how people act. Justin, I'm still, 
I don't know. I got another bone to pick to you. You said words like story and plot. <laughs> You're right. It's loose. I'm, I'm using the terms loosely. Okay. 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 I just want to clarify. I, I have okay. to, I need some way, some point of reference to describe something. Better get those air quotes the, out, Justin. Like, so so yeah. what you're saying is like, you're, you're trying to come up with the word that you would typically use, even though there's no real word you could use. Exactly. Cause, what, cause they did do a story and a plot, but the closest thing you have in the English language is the word story and plot. Exactly. Okay. And okay. just and just for the just for the sake of anybody listening to this or viewing this on YouTube, we'll have we'll somewhat understand what we are talking about. At least they'll have a point of reference. You know, just got to use the familiar terms, even though really this is not. It's probably not deserving of a lot of those terms, just like you're saying. But yeah, this was just bad from top to bottom. And I don't dislike a lot of these people like Sydney Sweeney. We know that she's a capable actress. I mean, there, you know, we just mentioned Adam Scott a little bit. Yeah. I like Adam Scott. Well, you know, there are people in here. I, I got oh, a question go though, Justin, Sydney Sweeney, you guys have seen Euphoria, right? Yes. And she just did that one new movie. Uh, anyone but you with Glenn Powell. Um, and she's great in Euphoria. Okay. I really liked her in that. I mean, um, you know, I've never seen it. This is literally like the first thing, like thing I've seen knowingly with Sydney Sweeney in it. Oh, see, God, that's I'm the sorry. problem. Because I feel cause so like, bad for you. Are you sure yeah. she can act? Because <laughs> Justin and I like because when we did that episode about Euphoria, like we were talking about how great she was at one point, like yeah. she's actually so good in Euphoria. I know this. I don't know what happened here. Like, I well, I do know what happened. I don't believe you. Cause I, I, I understand. I don't know if she, <laughs> like, that's where I feel bad. I've heard nothing but good things about her as an actress. This is my first real exposure to her. I think everybody lied to me. I feel like this is a gigantic long con yeah. from everybody in the world. Like, I feel like they wrote stories in news, like in, 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 in magazines and newspapers and websites just to con me into thinking she was good. Cause I saw her in this and I don't believe you. And I completely understand, especially after watching this. I can completely understand how you would feel that way. I feel so bad that this is your first experience with her. And yeah, Euphoria was my first experience with her. And I was like, she's going to be, you know, a big deal later. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And maybe when you finally do see Euphoria, you're, this is just going to make you even more mad. Like you're just going to be more angry at why they did what they did with her in this film. But really, no, none of these actors or actresses are utilized to their potential and what I know that they're capable of. So really, it all just feels like just a big, big sin. Um, there's shameless advertising for sponsors in this just all over it. You know, I almost bought a Pepsi just so I could join in on the shameless advertising fun that this just seemed to be having. I mean, it was just so 
blatantly obvious. They didn't even try to be stupid with it or anything. It was just like all in your face with the with the Pepsi advertising. Um, and then lastly, just it's deceptive. From the previews, I thought we were gonna be getting Spider Women and Madam Webb doing shit. That ain't really what we got though. Like some shit is done, <laughs> but nothing like what I thought this was advertised as and nothing like what I thought the, the previews were. And don't get me wrong. It wasn't like I had my hopes up when I saw the preview, but I at least thought that, Oh, we're it's going to be one thing. And then they found a way to not only lie to me in the previews, but then what they gave me was even was even a worse idea. Like, I didn't think it was a good idea when I watched the previews, but at least what I imagined in my head was not what I got on screen. And this was even an even worse idea. So you lied, and then the idea you gave me was even worse. So it's just bad all around, and... I think it's worse than Morbius because I, I I guess you could say at least Morbius had some moments that maybe I laughed at or like it was so bad that it was it was kind of funny moments like the bad Hadouken and um who was the villain? What, what was you know, he had some moments. Matt Smith. Matt Smith. Yeah, yeah, Matt Smith had some moments like the dancing moment and stuff like that. At least Morbius kinda had some moments. I dare you to find a moment in this that was just like anything that that was like funny or memorable or anything. Uh, There may have been one scene that got like a minor chuckle out of me. Maybe one. I can't wait to hear what that scene was. (laughs) One. And then the rest of it, is just terrible and the resolution is bad. I mean, there's just nothing good about it. It's so bland and mundane. You've seen and and any idea you've seen it a million times. And even when like the movie acted like it was going to potentially do something interesting, it just decided not to, you know? So this really, And it's kind of one of those things where I could sit here and rag on it for two hours, but it's that kind of bad that just has to be seen to be believed. You know what I mean? It's, It's one of those things where I don't know if all of the roasting in the world. That we're that and all the roasting we're going to do on here is really going to do justice to how bad it was. It has to be experienced. It has to weigh on you and lean on you and exhaust you and just make you roll your eyes and meddle you for you to really understand just how like annoyingly bad it is. Like, I think it's on the cat woman, the Holly Berry cat woman level of bad with the how bland it is. Like, it's not as stupid as Catwoman was. And, and as far as just like, like the brainless stupid, 
but I think it is as bad as Catwoman and how bland it is. I think that's where it matches up with Catwoman. So, yeah. That's all I got. Heather, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I also wasn't expecting a whole lot out of this movie, but it was just a new level of like the only the only reasons that I like laughed or chuckled at this movie is just because of how bad it was. Like the moment like it's the moments of like this is so dumb. Like why would they do this? <laughs> like me laughing about that. Like why are we doing this right now? Like there was there was zero jokes for me that like made me amused really like there really wasn't anything i i don't know and i feel like the the way they wrote the characters is really kind of offensive even <laughs> like it's just so bad like and and it's not really a spoiler but i'm like you know talking about sydney sweeney like what were her notes what were her notes for this character to be just the most timidly just fearful of all people like teenage girl who's actually like 26 in real life or something like what were her notes I don't understand like for all of them actually but mostly for her because and it is that effect of I've seen how good she can be and then I see this and I'm like what happened I don't get it it's it's so bad like I mean and I don't I don't hate Dakota Johnson I haven't seen her in a whole lot. Actually, I think I've seen her in the equivalent of like two things ever apart from this. But I mean, she's not terrible, but she's also very much like she doesn't give me that like pizzazz, like quality for a lead character that I'm ever really looking for. You know, like I feel like she's the equivalent of what people thought Brie Larson was as Captain Marvel but actually is that <laughs> like that it, she just doesn't, she doesn't have anything about her that draws me to her. Like no offense to her. She just, I'm not drawn to her in any performance I've seen her in. So I just, you know, I feel like you need to have a very captivating or you should have a very captivating lead if you're going to do a movie like this. And they just really didn't have that. And they didn't even really have captivating supporting characters. Because we've seen it work before where main character is outshined by supporting characters. And there's just no way for that to happen here because the way they develop these characters is like, I feel like it's maybe somebody who was writing like a high school essay of like a short story that they developed into these characters in this movie. (laughs) Like, it's just not good. It's very like, especially when you've seen great ways that people develop characters and had character growth nowadays in movies and then you get this and it's like oh they're actually just acting as if they are back in 2003 when this movie is set because they're just not trying as much as they are they would be now like i don't know maybe the the filmmakers got real meta with this one i don't know but yeah i just i don't know i i just can't think of anything that really I mean, it was confusing in the sense of 
I didn't understand why they were telling the story they were telling. That's, it's not like it was hard to follow. It was just a pointless thing to follow, you know, like they're, and I agree. I'm just kind of like, what, what good scenes or funny scenes or whatever scenes were there in this? There's not even really good action scenes in this. Like, and also not really a spoiler, but like they have Jill Hennessy of law and order fame in this movie for a total of three minutes. That could have been anybody. (laughs) She literally, that could have been anybody else. Like, I don't know why they chose that. It was just very weird to me, but yeah, I don't know. Like I, I wanted to, part of me wanted to be like, Oh, maybe at least it'll be better than the anticipation people had for it because everybody was kind of like, this is going to suck. Even from the trailer, people were like, this is going to suck. I think we all kind of said that too. (laughs) I wanted it to be like, maybe it's better than it looked. And it just wasn't. It was actually worse. The trailer was actually better than this movie. And that's saying something. And the only reason that's true is because it was a Billie Eilish song in the trailer. (laughs) That's the only reason the trailer is better than the movie. But it just, they really, they were just doing a lot of like, it was almost like grasping at straws in this movie. They were just trying to grasp at anything to make you care, but there was nothing there to grasp at any point. And that's kind of the problem with this movie throughout the entire thing. Um, It didn't make me care enough about any of the characters. So yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where I am with it. I was not a fan. I agree. It's probably... Catwoman level bad as far as superhero movies go. Uh, It's just really, I wouldn't even say it's disappointing because I didn't really think it was going to be good, but it was worse than I expected. So whatever that realm of feeling is, is where I sit with this movie right now. I want to play a game for my section. Justin, name a comic book movie. Any comic book movie that's ever been made. Batman Forever. This movie's worse than Batman Forever. Heather, what about you? Uh, Dark Phoenix. This movie's worse than Dark Phoenix. Jastin? <laughs> Try to give me a stumper. Uh, uh, Frank Mill is the spirit. This is worse than the spirit. Heather? <laughs> Venom 2. Oh, God, yeah. This is worse than Venom 2. All right, last round, Justin. Come on, really challenge me here. Really challenge you. Oh, man. Meteor Man. God, I wish I watched Meteor Man. <laughs> Heather, what about you? Uh, Remember that movie, Blank Man? Oh, God, yeah. Love Blank Man. <laughs> Fuck this movie. <laughs> I mean, Blank Man was practically Batman Begins compared to this shit. <laughs> I disagree with you wholeheartedly, Justin. Catwoman is a better movie than this movie. I mean, I think that's the closest runner for it. Like, I don't know. It's pretty bad. Because we're... Remember Halle Berry's dancing? Uh, yeah. Do you remember Sydney Sweeney's dancing in this? <laughs> Do you really want to go and dance to dance oh, comparison? Oh, God, that's sane. Oh, no. Because I was about to say, like, 
Halle Berry is a very beautiful woman. And like, didn't we talk about how like it's the first time that like none of us were attracted to her was when she was dancing in that basketball scene, which might be true of Sydney Sweeney too, because she's also beautiful. But like, I don't know, man. It was just everything was awkward in both of those scenes. So you know what? They're very comparable. But I get what you're saying. To me, the biggest sin for this movie is the fact that it's made like a 2003 superhero movie. With all the lessons we've learned in 21 years, they came at us with a 2003 superhero film. Catwoman gets a pass because back then nobody knew any better. You got one good comic book film out of eight. They know how to make a good comic book movie now. They've cracked the code. It is possible. To make multiple good comic book movies. That's why this movie's worse. This one has what the original, the first Spider-Man, or Blade, what Blade came out in 1997. This movie has 27 years of comic book movies. Of legit, like people legitimately making comic book movies. I know they technically made some, you know, in the 80s and 70s and all that shit, but... Since in the in the, the modern era of comic book movies, this movie has 27 years of lessons. And it took nothing from any of them. That's why this movie's worse. They didn't know any better. Because that's what was wrong with the early 2000s comic book movies. They just went, huh, if we just, you know, have a bunch of comic shit in here and, you know, and just have a bunch of shit in it. That'll work. That's all anybody cares. Just have shit in it. And they did it again. This movie has magic spider people with vines wrapped around their bodies like spider webs. This movie has an evil Spider-Man character without a Spider-Man. Yet his costume is just a fucking alternate costume from a fucking Spider-Man video game. That's like stealth Spider-Man or some shit. And they went, yeah, let's use that costume. But with no Spider-Man to actually reference. Just got some Spider-Women ish in it for no rhyme or reason I don't care if this is a spoiler or not they appear in dream sequences it's a goddamn dream sequences what the fuck was this movie I have watched a movie called Don't Fuck in the Woods. I haven't watched its sequel, Don't Fuck in the Woods 2. Those are better movies than this. You know why? They know they're garbage. And they were just trying to, I don't know, make a movie. This wasn't making a movie. This was 
making a cash grab without knowing why people spend money. This is the equivalent of trying to market Boeing 747s to poor people. You're not going to make any money. Because this is in, in, in the era of which people are debating. Do we have superhero burnout? You don't make this movie thinking you're going to make money. Because in what, if the Marvels, if Marvel movies are having a problem getting box office, in what universe do you think you're going to make a fucking cent off this movie? This movie only cost $80 million to make. Current projections have it making total. So that means it needs at least 160 to break even, which is not a lot in the superhero realm. 160 million, that's reasonable. To make a profit, this movie's projected to probably end its box office run completely at about, I think, 54 million. Theater chain people are saying that this was one of the first times they've actually seen a decline in pre-sale tickets. And by that, I mean people bought pre-sale tickets and went, never mind, I don't want to see it and got refunds. Seriously? I didn't know that. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. Damn. Just what the fuck was this? Final bonus round. I want to see if you guys can really stump me. All right, one more, one more, one more comic book movie each. One more. I wanted to just see if maybe I forgot about one. Does Avatar Last Airbender count? No, because that's based on a TV show. Okay. Just to put this in perspective, this might help Justin to see if he can stump me. I even consider Jonah Hex. Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> I still think this is worse, though. That was terrible. I still think terrible. this is worse. You, you have to admit, though, in that movie, you had Lance Riddick, Josh Brolin, and Michael Fassbender. There at least was some charisma in that movie. Yeah, there was at least some of that. There was at least some of that. There was 27 planks of wood in Adam <laughs> Scott in this movie. What about um, Electra? I'd gladly watch Electra. You're talking <laughs> I, I, the spinoff of one of my favorite comic book movies. Of course, I'd watch that over this fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Justin, you have to at least admit that while they failed, they at least tried an Electra. Yeah, it just hurts to think about. And also, that was what, circa 2005? Yeah. I think. Yeah. They didn't know any better back then. They tried. Sterling, did you see the Dragon Ball Z movie? Yes. Still worse than that? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Okay. 
that's all I got. I, I can't think of any more that terrible superhero movies we haven't discussed. Man, I get where you're coming from, though, with the fact that you think that after all this time, one couldn't come out that could be this bad. And yet here we are. If this movie came out in 2004, it would just be another bad superhero movie. That's all. It'd, be. it'd just be another one. Be like, oh, yeah, another. This is inexcusably <laughs> bad in 2024. I feel like it's it's kind of a weird comparison, but go with me here. Like the equivalent of that No Hard Feelings movie feeling like a 2000s rom-com or a comedy thing. It's it's kind of like doing that. It's like it's giving the 2000, early 2000s vibes to it when we're, we've, we're well beyond that at this point. So why do it, you know? Yeah, but, even, but at least Justin liked that movie. Oh, yeah. No, it's not nearly even close to being as bad as but this. I I'm just saying, like, saying the vibe of it, you know? It does have, it's, it's got a weird dated vibe to it. Yeah, that's what it is. It's the dated vibe. Yeah. And at least in that movie, I, I didn't like that movie, but God, they made that work better than this. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, it's not. It, sometimes throwbacks can be good if done right. You know what I mean? You can throw back to any time in a film. And if it's done right, if the, if it's clever enough, if the story is good enough, it can work. I'm yeah. um, I might be on an island with this, but down with love with Ewan McGregor and Renee Zellweger. To mm-hmm. me, that's a throwback movie because it's designed to kind of play like those 1950s-ish rom-coms. It's set mm-hmm. in the 1950s too, but it's meant to play like those do. Where they can't say anything overtly sexual or overtly inappropriate. So it's just yeah. a ton of innuendo. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I genuinely like that movie. Uh, you know, so I, I, just to Justin's point. Yeah. It's a clever way of making like a throwback style of movie and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. The movie, the artist kind of does that a lot with the silent film era and stuff like that. Um it can be done. Even Godzilla minus one. Godzilla minus one. Great example. Yeah. Yeah. Throwback to the early Toho. It, it felt like it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the difference here, though, is that this was an unintentional. Like, it, it's one thing when your movie, when you go, okay, we're going to throw back and that's the movie's identity. In a lot of those movies, it's like, okay, it was done on purpose. We're throwing back to this time on purpose because it's going to help the story and the characters. And it's it's going somewhere because, uh, because of this throwback style that we're using. But some movies, and, and, I t- and we talked about this in Morbius too, it's an unintentional throwback to where the quality is so bad, it takes you back to a time where the movies were that bad, but it's not like it was done intentional, like, oh, we're doing this because we're trying to establish an identity for the film. That's not this at all. This was just them making such a bad movie. It takes you back to when comic book movies were that bad, but I don't think anything about it, the style 
or it, 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 it was not like there was an aim to for it to be that way on purpose. It, this just felt like just a shitty movie, and it reminds us of other shitty comic book movies. To me, know? it it felt like they they accidentally made an early two thousands comic book movie. Like yeah, like the last movie they saw was Ang Lee's The Hulk. And they went, oh, that's what comic book movies are. And so that's what they made. Like, they just, you know what I mean? Like, they just hadn't seen a comic book movie since then and went, yeah, let's just make it like that. And just did nothing. But, all right, that's all That's all I have for my section. Recommendations and scores? Yep. Do you... Recommendations and score. Pick me, pick me. Go ahead, Sterling. Thank you. No and a one. Next. (laughs) Heather, what about you? No and a five. I'm going to give it no and five points specifically for... Adam Scott and no one else out of a hundred. He got my point. Yeah. Justin, what about you? I had it at a 10. That was where I settled. Um, Oh, so high. Maybe it is too high. I don't know. We'll see by the end of this thing, but I had 10 butchering the with great power comes great responsibility. Do not trigger me in that way right now, Jess. <laughs> what do you By mean, Jess? By turning it around backwards with a and lot saying of something stupid. Yeah, <laughs> saying something stupid like that. We're different. Out of a We're different, guys. Just wait. We're different. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Cinescore's a five. Fucking five. And that's, that's slower than uh, and it what's only it called? Got that score because I'm trying in 2024 to give more realistic scores. Yeah, and not give stuff a <laughs> negative two thousand. So uh, five. with me, with me reigning in my score, it gets a five because I can't go. I'm trying my best to not go below a one this year. And we're like five movies in and I'm like, fuck, I have to give a one. Yeah. I was like, this must have been the <laughs> hardest decision for you then. <laughs> uh, spoilers. Five. Yeah. Spoilers. So I have watched a lot of videos and TikToks and podcasts talking about this movie. Because there's something that really bothered me truly bothered me about this movie. And I wanted to see if it bothered anybody else. And apparently it hasn't. And I don't know why, because it really bothered me. So there's magic spiders in this movie, right? And they bite you, you get superpowers. Because their their venom has the supercharger gene or activates the supercharger gene or whatever the fuck they call it. And my issue with that is 
Why would a spider have a bite that makes its prey or its attacker stronger? Because that's that's what this movie's implying. Yeah, spiders bite things to kill it or to <laughs> defend itself. So that means that this spider helps its prey or helps its attacker against it. Because it would activate their supercharger genes or whatever the fuck those are. I kind of feel like evolution would have killed that spider off. Because it can't eat anything. (laughs) Whatsoever. It It would trap a fly and go and bite it and then the fly would kick its ass. That's a good point. I honestly didn't think about it, but yeah, that it's like, what, what is that mindset with that being what the spider does? I don't know. They're like, man, that spider venom has peptides in it that supercharge you. That would kill the spider. Unless the spiders run around and bite each other before they go attack shit. So they don't actually have to bite anything when they're attacking it. They just punch it, I guess. But that really bothered me when they said that. Because I'm like, that's, what is that? It also really bothered me that it gave you the ability to poison stuff. Because they're like, ah, you have the ability to poison stuff like spiders. Spiders aren't poisonous. They're venomous. Difference. But she's like, ah, it's like spider venom. A poison. No, that is exactly not what spider venom is because they are venomous, not poisonous. Those are two different things. They did so much research in the Amazon about this. They know what they're talking about, (laughs) obviously. This bitch fucked off to Peru for like a week in the middle of this movie. Just right off to Peru. (laughs) Yep. What is this movie? That's what this so distinctly reminded me of an early 2000s movie that they would just have to randomly fuck off to another country to come right back to where the fuck they were to end the movie. Why? Whilst wanted, everybody thought she was a kidnapper. This is How post world could she 9-11 America. Plane? <laughs> How she can you get on a plane with a warrant. A plane <laughs> with a warrant. <laughs> How could you get on a plane? Convenience, Justin. Come on, bro. I mean, what is with the Sony Spider-Man adjacent movies and their obsession with cave animals giving people powers? This is two movies in a row from them that they went, hey, cave animals, powers away. I mean, this is right up there with Avi Arad just loving New York City with how much Sony just loves caves. I can't wait to see what kind of cave-dwelling animals we get in Craven. 
We're going to be getting big cave in that movie. You know it somewhere. Going to be hella cave action happening. Why were the spider people, like, when we first see them at the beginning of the movie, they're like these, like, primitive native people. You know, they're swinging on vines and they're all painted up and climbing trees and stuff like that. But then... Later, when she visits, he's all fully dressed and. Because, like, 20 some years passed, Justin. It. He just dropped it all and just yeah. went to the Banana Republic. Hell yeah. So he just dropped that shit, just like. You know what my favorite thing about this movie is? Nah, that's it, then. <laughs> and it ties into what you're saying, Justin. It's it's crazy how boring Spider-Man becomes if you just get rid of the fact of him having webbing. And that ties into the magic spider people because they're just running on trees. And then just like falling to the ground. I'm like, it ties into that because I'm like, oh, so not only did evil Spider-Man have that problem, but also the cave people did too. But what was the point of them just to help people who are in need or stop you if you're doing something bad to the spot? But why didn't they go stop that guy? There was like 57 of them and they didn't, they just let that guy run off. Yeah. I don't understand. But also, I don't understand anything. Why do purpose of them? Why do spider powers mean clairvoyance? But not only that, how come everybody's clairvoyance was different? How come he was like, oh, I can only see, you know, I see I have this clairvoyant vision of the spider women deboing me and killing me. Why wouldn't that have changed the moment that Madam Webb changed what the future was going to be? Like, would he have seen something different? Like, it just, how come he could only see that? But Madam Webb could see all this other shit. But also, he always saw them attacking him in his apartment. Why didn't he move? Also, once he found out their Change identities. Change your history. Yeah. Why, why when he found out their, their identities, did he just not go kill them in their sleep? Why did he go to try to attack them in public? There's so many moving parts that could fuck that up. You know what can't fuck that up? The fact that you can climb up a wall and just touch their arm and poison them. Yeah. Or, well, for what they say in the movie, you know, technically I think that'd be like envenomate them. But, you know, like, you can just go stealthily assassinate them in their sleep because you had their identities because somehow... In 2003, the NSA had a computer that could take pictures from your dreams and then de-age them and demask them by 10 years so you could <laughs> then use facial recognition to find them. Super advanced. Correct. I know. They just did all that shit. And it was just perfect photos of these people. I went, what? <laughs> just, it just knew who they were. But on top of all of that, okay, so you have this this vision that these spider women just mercilessly kill you in your apartment. 
what good Spider-Man, Spider-Women characters ever just kill people mercilessly and smile over them as they're dying or whatever. Like the vision, it didn't even seem like anything believable that the superheroes would do. Why would you, why would they be coming in there? Why would they not be trying to capture him or apprehend him or anything like that? It it wasn't even like, Oh, they killed him trying to stop him from doing something or he dies by accident, but they, but they still kill him. It was nothing like that. Like the way the vision plays out, they just mercilessly kill him and they're standing over him laughing like, ha ha, look at you. Look at you, dude, you're dead. That's how that vision plays out. Why well, would they ever do that? I can like tell the you spider why, people we know, because we to know murder- that they would never do that. It's because he tried to murder them as children. So if they grew up, they were like, no, we need to seek revenge against this guy that tried to murder us. That's the only logical explanation I got. <laughs> Makes but, more sense than the rest of this movie. But wouldn't that mean that Matt Webb would have had to have stopped him? Like, how would they have grown up and him be alive? It's, it's but all, not managed. You be, know what I mean? It's like, because it's that weird. It's the weird idea of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So it's the argument would be that that vision wasn't meant to be literal. Like that wasn't the literal way he was going to die. He was going to die because of the women that became spider women. And so he fulfilled it. He fulfilled his own vision of his death because he went after them and he died because of it. So he still died because of them. And the sad thing is, is I just spent five seconds explaining that better than the entire fucking two hour movie did. Yeah. Well, I get that, but I just think why didn't it, it should have just changed. Why? Yes. Cause you never explain yeah. clairvoyance I- anyway. So, yes. uh, you know, so what is it? Uh, is it actual clairvoyance or is it symbolic metaphoric clairvoyance? I mean, just, just let it be. Okay. That could have easily just been a vision that he saw in a certain in a certain timeline or whatever like that, right? Because we all know about timelines and shit now. Why didn't it just change? I think it should have just changed, and maybe he dies still, but now he's seeing Madam Webb, and now he wants to kill her too. I like, think, why didn't that just happen? Well, because you're you're right, Justin. They have about twenty seven different types of clairvoyance in this movie. You know, and they never actually differentiate between any of it. They're just like, ah, oh, it's the future, you know. So, you, like you said, he's got like that symbolic clairvoyance, whereas Madame Webb had the literal clairvoyance. And I think the easiest way should have been that little tech woman was like, she should have just been like, so they kill you? And he could say, well, in my dream they do, but that could just mean that I die because of them. He could have just said that. That kind of fixes the problem with one line of dialogue. Which I don't know why they couldn't have done because they ADR'd that man's entire fucking movie. <laughs> yep. And Every- that line of dialogue's better than half the other dialogue in this movie, so. <laughs> yeah. But like they, they ADR'd that entire man's movie. I think 
He's what he said in ADR, what you hear him say on the screen, I think lines up about 4% of the time he speaks in this movie. Outside of that, he's moving his fucking lips like it's a bad fucking dub from a 1970s kung fu movie. Yeah. And it's not even close. And the mixing's insanely off, too. Because his volume is just like this one volume, no matter what he's doing. And like, so he'd be like jumping and flipping and talking. And it's just the same, like even keel the entire time. Like it was just a bad version of doing that. And with that, like, you know, they, they could have easily fixed so much of this movie by just changing a couple of lines of dialogue here and there making it line up better, actually making some sort of cohesive fucking narrative. But outside of this movie's just a bunch of shit happening. When none of it makes sense. None of it ties to fucking anything. You know, like, how did, like, you know, they have that whole thing of like, you know, the, they're at the fucking fireworks factory and it's all blowing up and shit like that. But then somehow, like, I don't know, cause we don't know how long she was in fucking Peru, but they apparently rebuilt an entire fireworks factory and loaded it back up. You know, at one point in the movie, just to kind of weirdly drive the supposed narrative along early in the movie, there's a fire and like, so Cassie is, or yeah, she's trying to save or Cassandra, whatever the fuck her name is in this movie. She's trying to save that man by giving him CPR and her boss is yelling at her to come do something else. She's in the middle of performing CPR. You're not going to fucking call her away from that. Yep. But they needed her to, they needed a reason for her to have a vision at that moment to see him die, to introduce her powers. But she was actively doing CPR. Nobody's going to fucking call her away. They're going to look over and go, oh, she's doing her job. She's giving that man CPR. I'll wait till she's done before I ask her to do something else. Like, what the fuck was that? That's so early in the movie. Why did they repeat so many things in this movie? Why did she drown twice? Why does she run over evil Spider-Man twice? Why do we go to the magic spider cave twice? It's just weird. Like they, they, they just did so many weird things and weird choices. You, why did nobody act? Not a single person in this movie acted outside of Adam Scott. I, when I watched this movie, I legitimately felt like the only person that had spoken English to another human being before in their life was Adam Scott. Yep. Because no one else talked like a fucking human. Everybody talked like fucking Siri when Siri first got introduced. Siri now (laughs) is more natural at saying shit than anybody was in this movie outside of Adam Scott. These people made Emma Roberts look like a good actress. <laughs> yeah. And it pisses yeah. me off because Dakota Johnson, when like she gets asked about nepotism, she's like, oh, 
people are just like, you know, bored and have nothing else to write about. So they write about that. It's just dumb. And I'm like, if you had talent, they would probably calm down a little bit, but you don't. And that's why they keep talking about you and nepotism. Because you suck at it. You're like, I have not seen her do anything good. The best role I've ever seen her do is when Oscar tells her about Kevin's special number, the Clevin, for 30 seconds in the office. That's the best scene I've ever seen her do. And she's just being told what a Clevin is. It's terrible. And the, the sad thing about this movie, this movie does so many things wrong that I think it is beyond a single human being's capability of actually remembering every bad thing that happens in this movie. No human brain can actually remember all of that. Yep. I was going to bring that up too. Yep. It's too numerous to count. I mean, we haven't even gotten into the fact that on the subway, you know, all of a sudden, all these cops think they kidnapped this woman or that she kidnapped those girls. For what reason? Because she, because what Sydney Sweetie's character, oh, she's kidnapping us. Then they go down to a complete other train stop and there's just cops there waiting and nobody realizes that there was another guy. Like there's not cameras on subway platforms, even in 20 or 2003. Like, they wouldn't have seen this guy walking around on the ceiling and devoing all these fucking cops. They went, nah, nah, we just got this picture of her. That's not how this shit works. Because if that had happened and they were, like, doing that, they would have been, like, all they would have had to say is, like, hey, why are you kidnapping our guardian? Just the person watching out for us. And they would have gone, oh, our bad. She's a young white woman. In 2003, the cops would have let her go instantly. I just don't know what the fuck I watched when I watched this. How did how did Sony sit there and make me watch a Spider-Man adjacent movie and make me go? I miss the good old days of Morbius. And Venom. Those movies tried. Ish. They did a lot of dumb shit, but... There was at least something about those movies. I mean, like you you guys brought up earlier, Matt Smith dancing. At least is something... Because this movie's nothing at all at any given point. And what I wanted to bring up earlier to kind of give you guys some perspective. There's a lot of evidence when it comes to at least Adam Scott, Sidney Sweeney, and Dakota Johnson. They thought they were signing up for an MCU movie. They didn't think they were so, so doing this. They got tricked by wow. that in association with Marvel. 
the day after this trailer came out, Dakota Johnson fired her agent. Because this movie was like a lot of this movie's done on green screen and blue screen and stuff like that. She even talked about how like that was kind of chaos. Like you don't really know what kind of movie you're making when so much of it's added later. And I get that. That makes sense. That tracks, you know, and we all know Marvel does a lot of that in their movies and stuff. And, you know, cause like on Twitter, uh, after they got cast, both Sydney Sweeney and Dakota Johnson were like, Hey, so excited to be working with Marvel studios and Sony pictures. They thought they were working with Marvel. Sydney Sweeney up until I think the week this movie came out, like still tagged the MCU in tweets because she's, I don't think she's still really comprehended that she, she's not in the MCU. And I think that they kind of did the same thing with Adam Scott because they were like, Hey, you're going to be uncle Ben, the Peter Parker. Like the the Uncle Ben. I think they lied to him. Kind of implying that this might be like a prequel to the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. You know, something like that. And it wasn't. Originally, they wanted to have Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man in this movie. But then they realized, oh, you put the movie in 2003, it doesn't line up. Because that means Adam Scott would have to turn into Martin Sheen in 10 years. Yeah, how does that add up? Yeah. But that's what this movie feels like. That they were just like, oh yeah, we're going to have to, oh wait, we can't do that. Never mind. I mean, also, like, I don't know. How does taking a firework to your right eye make you both blind and paralyzed? I don't get how that works either. I know. I was like, what is that? And also, was that not, did it not somehow the line delivery get even worse at the end of this movie? When she's like, I'm seeing better than I've ever seen before. Did it not somehow get worse than every other line she delivered but in the movie? She doubled down on that type of talk too. Like it was like two of those cheesy lines in a <laughs> row about that. Like, oh yeah, when she was like, "Nope, I have everything I need right here," and then immediately after, it's like, "I'm seeing clearer than I've ever seen." Like, what's going on here, guys? <laughs> And then they go to that shit like it's Madam Web and the Spider Girls. Like that's going to be the next Avengers to end this movie. And I felt so bad too. Because when I saw this movie at the theaters, there's this app. It's called uh, After Credits, right? It tells you if there's mid-credit and after-credit scenes in a movie. Fantastic app. Thank you app for existing. I felt so bad because there were so many people in my theater that obviously don't have that app. 
because I'm getting up to leave and they are sitting there watching. Because also, just like Sidney Sweeney and Dakota Johnson, I think they thought this was an MCU movie. Because Sony intentionally tries to make you think it is. Because they love putting that Marvel up on the screen and that in association with so damn small. And it confuses people. It does. And and Sony is trying to bank on that when it comes to getting actors. Matt Smith, they did the same thing to Matt Smith. When they offered Matt Smith Morbius, he called Karen Gillian, you know, Nebula from the MCU. It was like, hey, what's it like being in these MCU movies? It just got offered a role. And Karen Gillian, oh, yeah, it's so fun. I love it and all this other shit. Yep, he signed up for fucking Morbius. No, that's disappointing. Yeah. Sony is a bunch of deceitful assholes when it comes to this shit. And anyway, so like they do this shit and like all these people are sitting there intently staring at the screen, waiting for that mid credit, waiting for that after credit. Cause that's what Marvel movies do. And this movie didn't have one. So not only did you sit through all that, you didn't even get this other shit you expected because you didn't understand this was not an MCU movie. Sony is a bunch of hucksters. What you got, Justin? What's some more thoughts? Yeah, it's just, I mean, from the beginning, you could just kind of tell that it was that it was going to be bad. I mean, from that opening scene with her mother researching in the Amazon whilst pregnant and then all of a sudden the guy goes, oh, it's mine now. Like, you know, he's doing all this bad stuff and you don't, you just you just don't have a grasp of really who anybody is or what they're doing. And it's confusing because the spider bites her, but bites the mom, but the mom still dies. You know, you you you're thinking, oh, you know, the the bite. I was sitting there going, okay, the spider bit her, so okay, so maybe she can Maybe that'll save her or maybe that'll, you know, you think I'm thinking, oh, doesn't that mean she gets something, some powers or something like that? But the mom still dies, but then the daughter has powers. Okay. Like, it's just, I mean, you know, there's, there's just no rhyme or reason to, Anything that's happening, I just thought that opening scene was bad and it was a little confused and I didn't really understand if the mom got bit, dies still, it had no effect on her. She dies still, but then the daughter now has, you know, it just didn't really make much sense to me. Then, you know, it starts off and like you said that that scene where all of that is happening where she has that that first clairvoyant vision 
and she's given the CPR. What was weird about that is that she seemed like she was just given CPR for an awfully long time. I mean, she's just sitting there going, right? And all this stuff is happening. The camera's panning. She's looking around. But the whole time, she's, you know, doing the CPR. And it didn't seem like she was really paying attention. It just seemed like she was just kind of pumping. And, like, to me, it lasted way too long. It was just an awkward amount of time. Well, and the funny thing is about that is whenever she's trying to teach them CPR later, and she's like, you know, you got to jump in and you just can't stop whatsoever. Like you, you, you can stop for a second to switch people. That's fine. But also now I could be wrong on this. It's been a minute since I last did CPR shit and was certified. I've been certified a few times in my life, but it's been a minute, but she says to do it right on the sternum. And I don't think that's right. I could be wrong on that. Maybe I'm confusing that with the Heimlich maneuver where you're supposed to go slightly below, but like, I don't think you do CPR directly on the sternum either. But it was just, I feel like I've heard that before too. Well, uh, it would not, I would not put it past this movie to have that wrong as well. Okay. No, I, I am wrong. I am wrong on that. You are supposed to put it on the breastbone. Okay. Well, at least they got that right. Maybe they actually did some <laughs> research on that. But, and, and I just didn't like her powers. Why wasn't it cooler than this? I just, like, at the end, when she went full madam, what even was that? Like, she... You know, the, the, the guy back in in Peru told her, oh, you can be all these places at once. So I thought we were going to get something neat here where she could make like a bunch of astral projections appear all at the same time. And I thought we were going to see some fun fights or do some cool combo stuff or something like that. And why was all of that just nothing? Like, what was that? She helps the the three teens up. And then she gets kicked and they just go away. Or, you, you know, like, I, I thought that we were going to see something cooler with her powers where, like, she could see all of these different things before they happen. So she could sort of, like, put herself in all these different places and sort of, like, create, you know, like, make things happen in an interesting way. And maybe, like, if it you got a pan shot and you could see where she saw all these things happen and sort of manipulated kind of time and positioning and stuff like that to make something happen. Like, I feel like you could have been, there could have been a better way to showcase her powers, but here it just felt like such a lack of creativity and effort and just everything. Not only did it look, it didn't look great because of the CGI, but what even was that? Like, what even was her powers? You know. I didn't understand them. They they were, you know, vague uh, Doctor Strange powers. <laughs> I guess so. I guess that's the closest comparison, but. Did you like that she got punched cool. out of her body just like Doctor Strange did? 
Yep. Yep. Yeah. All of that just happened and it was just totally the same, but I just wish that there was some, I mean, why didn't they try to be cooler about her powers or her abilities or what she could do? It just, none of that came together. Like I thought it was going to come together. I thought that there was going to be this cool thing where like all of these projections come out of her and like one of them pushes the guy, one of them pushes spider person and then he falls and then another one you know, and then there are two down there and then they do something and then another one does something. You know, I just thought we were going to get a lot more creative with that. And it just felt like it just wasn't shit. Justin, what are you talking about? They did they did three webs. <laughs> they they did three madams. <laughs> what were you, just... were you expecting four? <laughs> you out your Man, mind, Justin. Four? man i just i guess i just had too high expectations but yeah it just it just felt like there was just no effort in any of that and these teens like you could just tell that it it felt like they were just like flashcard characterizations or just like like okay like so one is an asshole one is shy And one is pragmatic. And it seemed like every scene that there was that that they just had these flashcards and that was exactly how the character was going to react. Okay. So we have scene a asshole character says asshole thing. (laughs) Then then teen B acts shy and says something timidly. Then finally, uh, teen C says something pragmatic and tries to say something sensible to try to get the, 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 the teens to think about what they're doing. And then Madam Webb comes and shuns all of them or puts it all together or fixes the situation. And it seemed like every scene played out exactly that way. No matter where those teens were, Everyone just did the thing they were supposed to do. The one character trait they had, they just did the thing they were supposed to do. I'm an asshole, so I'm going to say an asshole thing. You know, that's how it felt to me. There was just no development beyond that. There was just nothing beyond, I'm going to do the thing that my one flashcard says that I'm supposed to do. And that was it. And then, oh, we're teens. So we're going to we're not we're going to not listen to her and we're going to do dumb things because we're impulsive. And the fact that it was like you're impulsive and you make (laughs) you're so impulsive and you make bad decisions. And then I think even at one time they were like, we're sorry, we're so impulsive and made bad decisions. And I was like, oh, my God, who is writing this shit? I was just so mad. Well, it's obviously written like it felt like it was written by a bunch of like 60 year old men thinking what teenagers do. But also it felt like the teenage girls were actually they took cells from all those girls, cloned them, grew them up in a lab. So they were never actually teenage girls. So they had no way to actually relate to the material. 
Either that or they're all bad actors. Sydney Sweeney. I promise you she's not. But but yeah, like nothing was written for them, but just things to do to get from one scene to the next. And they just and it just really felt like they just have these specific things that 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 they're they had these one word, one sentence personality traits. And all they're going to do is say something according to whatever that one personality trait is. And then when they tried to have that tie-in moment where it was like, oh, we've all been abandoned or we all don't have parents in the picture or something like that. Like you didn't bother developing any of these characters at all. So, so that little connecting moment that they had, that bonding moment, none of that came off like they wanted it to come off. It, it, it just nothing. And that's why I say this movie is just, it's almost hard to describe how bad it was. And like you said, it's hard to remember everything, but it really is just one of those things where just such an incredible lack of effort was given to anything. It's just sometimes hard to put into words just how bad it was. It was just so insanely just not trying that no matter what scene you point to, there's an example of us just not given the effort that we could have to really try to make this something. And, and, and like we said, you know, um, with Adam Scott, he did feel like he was the only one. He was the only character I felt like had some charm or had some sense of like, he felt like a good friend. He felt like that friend that, you know, even that moment where he was like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to get married. And they're kind of talking about it. And he's like, I think I found the one and everything like that. Why was that more compelling than anything that Madam Webb ever did or said, or why was that the the, one of the more emotional and compelling parts of the movie was just him talking about. Yeah was just him talking about, oh, my wife and and everything like that. And speaking of wife, what even, what what were those games like? What was that? The guess, the name, and it's, and then they couldn't say Peter, so it had to be bleeped out by noise and all of that stuff. What was with these? We're going to tr- make Spider-Man references, but act like, but they're not yeah, really we're not. because we can't really have them. What was the yes, but no Spider-Man references? Like, what was that? It just it was just more stupid stuff in the movie where you're just like, just say Peter. You can't say Peter. Like, you've already got Ben in here as Ben Parker. So why couldn't you just say Peter? I I didn't understand what I was watching. I didn't understand why we couldn't say that, why we couldn't do some of these things, or we would half-ass do them. And then other times we would just do them. Like what was even happening with all of that? Like, 
Are you going to be about the Spider-Man stuff or are you not going to be about it? Like pick, just pick. But yeah, pick a lane. Don't teeter. Yeah, but don't teeter. Why was there so much teetering with that stuff? Like they would get sued or something. They teetered yet had so much of it, but it's like they didn't want to commit to it. Like yeah. you had magic spider people with webbing all over them like they're Spider-Man. You have a villain that has an alternate costume for Spider-Man. Right down to the eye goggles. Were remedi- like those pointed circular like slur- circular but pointed like eye slots are distinctly Spider-Man. And they had those. Also, is there like a reason why Ezekiel was barefoot? All the time? I think it's the argument of he couldn't climb on walls without the the barefoot. Like Spider-Man, since his powers come from a different thing, that his his they explained it in one of the movies, like the little hairs can go through the costume, and that's why he can climb stuff. Okay. I think that's the argument. But also, who knows? I don't know if they actually thought that far ahead. Maybe the guy was just like, eh, I like being barefoot. And they were like, yeah, who cares? Do whatever the fuck you the want. The least of our concerns in this movie. Oh, man. And he was just running around and jumping. This motherfucker was just jump man. Just running and jumping. God, he was so boring. And anticlimactic as a villain. And what was he other than, I just want to kill these girls before they kill me. What What was he? Did did he have a Justin, career? Did he have he, anything? What, what was he doing all this time? He slept with people he, and stole secrets. You know, things spiders <laughs> villainous do. Villainous James Bond, basically. Just a villainous James Bond. <laughs> with spider powers that aren't spider powers, but are spider powers, but aren't spider powers. I mean, he want, I get it. He wanted to live, but what was important to him? Like, make this relatable in some sort of way. Did did he have a family? Did he have somebody he cared about? Did he have, did, did he have something relatable where we could understand why he desperately wants to be alive, stay alive? Like what was motivating him beyond just, I mean, I don't want them to kill me. Maybe at Justin. some point in time in this vision. Like, have, have you ever had spider powers, Justin? <laughs> no, I haven't. You couldn't possibly understand that. I guess so. I just shouldn't judge him. I just should judge him. Hey, not until should, uh, not until you can walk a day in barefoot with spider powers. In barefoot spider power shoes. Yeah. Got it. But like, but my point being, they just didn't even try though. He's just like, like, it's like his job is villain. Like, yeah. Like his business card and say Ezekiel Sims villain. And they're like, (laughs) but but what does that mean? He's like, you know, I do villain shit. Yeah. Like what? Villain shit. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was the pitch meeting for the villain for sure. Yeah. Yep. Basically, yeah. Say threatening things. Do, that's all. Mm-hmm. The end. I do village <laughs> shit. You know, I mean, what about his Oracle person who could unmask and find identities and knew where everybody was and had all these cameras? Did, 
I mean, was that person important to him? Where did he find that person? Like, did they have anything? I mean, he was just yelling at her and stuff. Yeah, he hired her from the the villain agency, Justin. The villain agency. Yeah. Got it. He put because she was know, just like villains okay, okay. are us. Exactly. Yeah. He put he put he put a job posting on villains are us. It was like, hey guys, I need somebody to be tech support for my villain shit. And they're doing the job interview, and she's like, yeah, but what kind of villain shit do you do? And he's like, you know, just basic villain shit. You know, whatever villains do, I do a little bit of it. I don't do anything so particularly well, but I do it. So I'm assuming when he died, what does she do? Just log off. Yeah. My work is done. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, guess I got to go look for another job now. <laughs> Let me just get the wanted ads. Do you need, are you a villain in need of somebody? To, to... Do you need, I suddenly finished my contract job. I'm here for hire. <laughs> I mean, really good with just... facial recognition software. Really good. Better than really? anyone ever. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I can I mean, I, you can describe people in dreams wearing masks and I will find them 10 years younger. Defi- and not even like mess up. She didn't even get any false positives. She just straight up got 100% matches. No misses. Yep. 100% no misses because this plot had to move, boy. Just like all the coincidences at the beginning. Just like how Madam Webb met all the teens beforehand. By coincidences. Because we had to meet them. We had to meet them already. You know? Because you had to have fate in this movie about... And that's the sad thing is that this movie really is the whole, like, fate is what you make it. Is the message of this movie that, like, you know, the difference between, like, destiny and what you make and all these other things. Like, that's what this movie is supposed to be about. And it's not. Nope. Like, the only time that really happens in this movie is when she saves the life of that pigeon. That's the only time she changes the future. Because, like, I know the movie's going to argue, well, oh, she saved him on the train and she saved him in the diner. Yeah, but that, like, was her visions. Ezekiel's visions had them growing up and turning into superheroes and killing them. So he didn't change the... She didn't change the future that he had predicted. Not really. You know what I mean? So it's like... It it never lines up. Yeah. And, and nothing... Just nothing about this was thought out like, okay... Your 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 mom dies in childbirth, and and you go through the, um, through the um, adoption system and everything like that. Who gave her that book with all that shit in it? Like what? If you have that book with what your mom was researching and all that stuff, if, if you had somehow got a hold of yeah. that. Where were the family members? Where were all the other people that could have? I mean, she's just like mad at her mom because she's like, man, my mom was in the, my mom was out in the Amazon and hope was the pregnant with me. Hope the skies were worth it, mom. Yeah. yeah that was an actual sp- line. Yeah. 
yeah, hope the spiders were worth it, mom. You know, and she was yeah. just mad at her and stuff. Ooh. You didn't talk to any other family about this shit. You didn't have anything other than this book that she was doing research on spiders and stuff like that. Where? What about all the other obvious avenues that you could have taken to find out more about who your mom was and who she worked for? There could have been people that spoke. Somebody would have known that she had went over there for your ass but to, to try to save you. Like, it just felt well, like... Why wouldn't she have you written, written that ha- down? Yeah. Like, why, why wouldn't that, that be, be written down? Yeah, why wouldn't that be there? Or why wouldn't somebody... You have to go all the way to Peru and get in the pool, have these visions and all of this shit, just to find that out? That a family member just easily could have explained to you. Well, I think they were trying to say she didn't have any other family, you know... That's what they're trying to say because she grew up in foster care and whatever. But it's like, it's just if her mom's doing all this other stuff and wrote in this diary and all this other shit and like had this journal, like you would think there, she would also have notes in there about the condition that her daughter was supposed to have. You know what I mean? Like looking up things in the, like, you know what I mean? Like there would be that in there. If she's doing all this research on spiders and genetic disorders and all this, she didn't write down the fucking name of the disease that her fucking daughter had. Yeah. Didn't write that down though. Yeah. And, and, and who kept this book? I mean, she was just a newborn baby who made sure this book followed her throughout her life. Like there would have had to have been somebody Sterling. So like there would did have these had magic to have spider been. people <laughs> deliver her. Go back to her mom's camp, collect her mom's journal, then take her to the U.S. Embassy to be sent back to the United States? <laughs> Is that what happened? I mean, that's what the movie's that, saying happened. Yeah, I guess that's what the movie is saying happened. Because how how would she have this book? There's no way. Like, there's just no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's just no way she would have this book unless somebody helped. Unless somebody made sure that it helped and, and kept that. And Amazon made guy sure. who birthed her, maybe. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, right? And like, the, the, somebody would have had to have made sure, would have had to have kept that and made sure and that that and knew where she was and followed her around in the system or kept track of her. And then when the time was right, gave her that book and said, hey, this is your mom's book. This is what she was researching. This is what she was doing. And if and then see, this is what I mean by nobody thought about shit. If she was really that mad at her mom and she really had those kind of hard feelings, would she have even wanted that fucking book? Probably not. Yeah, exactly. Why would you keep that constantly being reminded of your mom neglecting you for her research? If that's how you took it, if that's how you felt that you that your mom neglected you for the research, would you really be holding on to this book? 
talking about. I hope it was worth it, Bob. Like, like that wide end set. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I mean by like nobody thought about nothing in this. It was just, well, she needs the book so she'll be aware and know the research. And so she'll have a reason to do all of this and investigate and go to Peru. But nobody thought about why she would have this book, how she would have, how is the book? How? Like, why is it there? Anyway, Heather, you can go. I'm done. I'm just, I'm exhausted talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the thing is like, this is one of those movies where kind of like what you, what you guys were saying earlier, like it's so bad that, it's so much easier to pick out the things that are bad about it, (laughs) like at any given moment or any given scene. So I just, I have a few that I'm just going to mention drove me nuts, but the one that drove me most nuts, and I don't know why, but this one just drove me crazy. It was when they're on the roof, they're about to get on the helicopter (laughs) and they're like, I knew she had a plan. And I'm like, Because you heard her in the car asking for airlift. Yeah, you knew she had a plan. That was the weirdest thing to say in that moment of like, oh, I'm just, I knew it. I knew we could count on her. I'm like, yeah, you heard her making the plan. Like, like, I don't understand why you're like, why you would have questioned it. Like you should have known from the jump that she had a plan. It drove me. It absolutely drove me nuts. I don't know why, but I was just like, no. You don't get to say that when you heard her making the plan. Like, it just was so weird to me. It was terrible. And then also, another thing that really irked me was when she's having that final battle with Ezekiel. And she's so very clearly trying to, like, lure him over to her to be in front of that huge Pepsi sign. And I'm like, you actually have to be really dumb to not know that that's what she was doing as obvious as she was about like, let me crawl backwards and look up every five seconds at the thing that's right in front of me. Like, how did you not know that that's what she was doing? That was just the dumbest for somebody who's been planning to try and find these girls and like a mastermind of, you know, try to make sure he stays alive. You sure did miss that one. Like, I don't understand like why they thought that wasn't the most obvious thing that she was doing. It was just so very early 2000s plot terribleness of a superhero movie. Um, <laughs> and I also thought like just some of the line deliveries were crazy. Like when she's having the the vision of her mom and what's happening, <laughs> like when she's like, She's like, why do you hate me so much? Like, <laughs> when, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I can't, I can't with that. Like, and then when she very quickly after that learns that her mom was doing all before her, she's like, you did it, mom. <laughs> what is this? What are these? What's happening? I don't understand these line deliveries and like why we should really be emotionally attached to this situation with how they did it. Like, I don't know. How how does clairvoyance allow you to talk to dead people, people alive 
and yeah. interact with. She interacted with the villain that way yes. too. How are they doing all of this with Claire? Explain Voyage? your rules of clairvoyance <laughs> to us, please, because it doesn't make any sort of sense. Like doing I don't get stuff. It. I get it. Like. And then also, like, on the thing you were talking about, Jastin, with um, why does she have this book? I'm also just, like, that entire moment of her in the apartment where she's, like, putting away that little thing that the kid made for her. And she just suddenly decides to, like, reminisce on her mom for the sake of the audience. Because you're just, like, you act like you've never in your life, like, looked through this stuff in this scene. When it just, it's so very convenient. Like, <laughs> just don't know how else to say it. It's so very convenient. Like, so many things in this movie. Um, and also, like, there was a line at one point that Sydney Sweeney's character said about knowing Taekwondo, I think is what she said. I'm like, where, yeah, she where was this at any point in the movie when you were up against a villain trying to kill you and three other people like and and I don't know if it was supposed to be like a her trying to seem tough when she wasn't she didn't actually know it but I mean also to that point I'm like future her and future all of these girls so good at you know any sort of combat but it doesn't also explain like where their powers come from or when they get it and I also don't know why Madam Webb wouldn't have told them at some point like listen you guys are about to be really important superheroes in the world so get ready like she just it was kind of like she was keeping it from them like she just didn't want them to know that they were going to be these like magnificent superheroes or something and also never explained to them why Ezekiel was really after them I don't think did I miss that she didn't really they didn't really explain like he thinks you're going to kill him in the future because you're all superheroes like that conversation was never had like why you know, like they're you you want them to trust you and come with you and just believe you when you say like they're in danger, but you're also not explaining to them why they're in danger at any point. So I don't know. Um also the ghosts thing with her like ghost selves going out to save each one of the girls was absolutely absurd. Like we didn't need that at all. Like, she's like, oh, yeah, I'll harness my powers and become whatever I want. And that includes two other me's saving <laughs> these girls. Like, what is going on in this movie? It's, there's so much. There's just so much. Like, I don't know. Well, um, you guys reminded me of one of my favorite scenes where she goes to her mom's journal. She's like, oh, looks at pictures, does all the shit. I need to go to Peru. So she goes to Peru. And she just happens to go to the right jungle, down the right roads, down the right paths of this jungle, you know, 30 years later. But she happens to pull up a Polaroid of a specific tree branch and a river that apparently did not change once in 30 years. (laughs) (laughs) She goes, I'm here. Maybe her spidey sense was tingling. Who knows? It's I have the no idea. Goddamn jungle. Yeah. <laughs> right. And also, what about deforestation? That was hella on its way in the 2000s. Like, what if they had just cut down those trees? 
it was like a fern gully situation where everything's just cut down and she's just like, well, it's a river and I'm at a river. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. But also to that point, Amazon guy who delivered her like just there was, it was, did he not move from that spot in like 20 years? He's just like, I knew you'd be back. Just no time, just in no time. And like, just knew who she was right away. Like just really was on it. He was on the ball. I don't know. I don't, he was just so very conveniently there immediately for what she needed to know in her trip to Peru that she knew nowhere else where she was going, but immediately found it like just all of the convenience of the Amazon stuff. And I actually hated all of the Amazon stuff. I think the whole plot of anything in the Amazon was unnecessary. Maybe the beginning, like maybe the stuff with the mom was a little bit more like useful in that situation. But anything after that, like when Cassie is in the Amazon at any point, it's just pointless. There's just no reason for it. Like, I don't know, but you knew it was going to happen though. When he's like, you know, you'll be back and we'll be here when you come back or whatever he said when the mom died. I don't know. Like it was just crazy, but also, um, the whole thing of Cassie talking to the cat as a ruse of exposition for us drove me nuts. She's just like, oh, let's read about all of this and let me think out loud for you, cat. Like, what? It, it was just such a weird thing to do because, you know, like she's like, huh, I wonder what this and this like just her internal thoughts is what's happening. But she's pretending like she's talking to the cat because you just need a way for the exposition to come to the audience. I hated it. <laughs> I just thought it was dumb. Like. It was not believable if they had done it in a different sort of way. Because I've seen scenes like that in other movies where it does kind of work with how they do it. But this was so forced that it just, it didn't. It didn't work at all. Um, and then like, the the ambulance through the freaking building. No. Like, she just knew the exact <laughs> spot to hit the side of that building to catapult off of it onto the the villain that was right in front of her ambulance partner guy like no <laughs> like it's, nothing else was believable in this movie either but that that wasn't any point of making us think any of this was real i don't know like i'm sorry i have a lot of tedious complaints about this movie but it's because everything about it's bad it's just easier to find the bad like and I'm sorry to say it like I know people worked you know I assume people worked hard on this movie I don't know but um also <laughs> but also um Not another thing that damn was person <laughs> another thing that was dumb was also the different times where they're showing like shattering glass and it's supposed to look like a spider web. Like I, there was two or three times when they did that. And you know, it's supposed to be like this metaphor and you're just like, but why? Like, <laughs> we don't need that. Like, there's no reason for that. We get it. She's Madam Web. We understand. <laughs> you're trying too much with this right now. Like, I don't know. And also, uh, why the wheelchair at the end of the movie? Like, was she like, 
it, it seemed like it was more her eyesight than anything else. And even when she was in the hospital with her girls where she's like, I have everything I need. She's sitting like, like you think if something was wrong with her back or her spine, she wouldn't be able to just sit up normal in like a hospital bed like that. Right. Like I don't understand like the point and why the wheelchair came into play. At yeah. All. Because I mean, the argument could be like a neck injury from getting hit in the face, like it whiplash or like severed her spinal cord, whatever. But like, then she'd be in a neck brace when she's in the hospital, like any of those things. Yeah. Like, there'd be so many numerous right. other things. It's they wanted her to end up like her comic book counterpart. Because I think the disease that she has at the beginning of the movie when she's, you know, in womb is the disease that Madam Webb has in the comics. Her husband develops this life support system where she's in a chair and she's got all these tubes and and whatnots that look like a spider web. That's what keeps her alive. So she's constantly sitting in a chair. But she's also a mutant in the comic books. Her clairvoyance. Okay. Okay isn't some magic power. It's a mutant ability. Hmm. You know, okay. those things she can do, her powers are mutant abilities, but she's trapped. You know, that's why she's Madam Web. She looks like she's in a web. Like that's her life support. And I think that they just said, fuck it. She's in more or less, you know, strapped to a chair in the comics. Therefore we have to end this movie with her strapped in a chair. Right. You know, yeah. Because once again, they don't care how they get the comic book shit. They're just like, it's comic shit. You can't get mad. She's yeah. in a wheelchair. She's in the wheelchair in the comics. It's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. With no bothering to explain any of the injuries or anything like that. We're closing that all the loops. Yeah. Just, they just, it was just like he said, just to have some comic book shit in there. It's, I mean, well, uh, why why are you mad that the, the Spider Women? You don't know how they got their powers. They, they got their powers in the comics. That's all that matters. They have powers to compose. <laughs> yep, they're gonna be yeah. Spider Women. Who cares how or how, mm-hmm. when they get them or anything like that? They just know that they're gonna be Spider Women. That's all you need yeah. to know. Right. Even also, the extras were bad in this. <laughs> like the what train am I on, man? Who was that? Hey, did you like how that one guy had a PSP that came out in 2005? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what did he say? Did he say crazy is the normal around here? Whatever he said, it was a stupid line or everything's crazy around here. But still, why did the, the am I on the right train man get two scenes? Because it would have paid off if he showed up at the end at the fireworks factory in the middle of the fight, just going, is this my train? <laughs> See, that would have been a good laugh, at least. It's oh, like they were, all it. the train people were NPC players or something. Oh, no. What yeah. it should have been, what it should have been, is when she was on a, like a bus in Peru, if she was sitting next to her going, is this my train? <laughs> that actually would have been kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> Or if you're going to have an after credits, make it that guy still trying to figure out what train he's on. <laughs> like something that would have been funny. But yeah, like, yeah, they felt like it, that's oh, what they're yeah. called. Right? NPC players where they're just well, like, yeah. they say the same things over. Yeah. It's oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Like where they just say the same thing over and over. That's just what they were. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, like, that's, it, that's it. Yeah. Oh, you know what it should have been? They should, you know what they should have had Jasmine. Oh, you should be like, man, I got on the right train. And then it turns out he's on the subway car that, Doc Ock destroys. 
And so he just gets destroyed at that. I know the timelines don't match made this up, movie better. but it's not like this movie really cared about timelines anyway. Yeah. So fuck it. We yep. immediately made this movie better with just that statement that you said. So, yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also random side note. Do you like, I feel like in the trailers, unless I'm going crazy, there was some scene about them, like realizing their connection was something about their birthdays. Did I make that up? I feel like there was a scene where they were all like, they had the same birthday. I don't remember the fucking trailer for this movie. <laughs> and I'm kind of know. offended. You expect me to. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I feel like I remember seeing that where it was like they were all connected because they had the same birthday. Okay, keep talking. Something. I I will bite the bullet. I'll okay. go find the trailer and, and watch it. So you keep talking and I'll, I'll research yeah. it. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that you say that because that was like actually the end of my complaints and <laughs> nags about this movie. But it's it's sad because it's like, you know, it's hard because I know there's a lot of movies you watch that are bad movies and you try to find at least one good thing in it. And it's just it, it's genuinely just so hard in this movie. The only good thing in the movie, again, is Adam Scott because he's a normal person. And Adam Scott is, you know, kind of like what you said, Jason. he's just being Adam Scott. He's, he's Adaming <laughs> around. But that's charming enough, especially in a movie where nothing else is good to work. Like, yeah. And it's funny because I keep seeing all of these like, you know, TikToks or reviews or whatever, where everybody agrees that he was the best character and the best thing about this movie. And he has maybe a total of eight minutes of screen time. Yeah. Also, I forgot about another amazing line. So after she has that vision about the diner and it flashes back mm-hmm. to her standing outside the diner, she goes, let's try that again. <laughs> all right. Continue. Yeah. No, that's uh. <laughs> But yeah, like that's, and, and the thing is like Emma Roberts is, I I think she was fine in this movie too. She did, she didn't do much. She, she didn't have much to do, but again, like she's still the fact that like her small part in this movie, her acting was better than all four of the main characters. And to be honest, um, what's her name? The one that had attitude. Um, I forget her name, but she was, I would say possibly if I had to, if there was a possibility of it, she might be the second most believable character or maybe third behind Emma Roberts because she feels like a, you know, teenager with attitude. Like (laughs) that's just kind of, you know, like that was her stick, her stick with it. That was her thing. And like you said, it was just kind of like, here's a flashcard that says, you know, what you have to make your character into and just roll with it. And it was basically like girl with attitude was her card and she did it. She did it, you know, and it worked because she was kind of annoying with how much attitude she had sometimes, but it worked. It felt more like an actual person than any of the other people of of the teenagers, at least like, but I swear the Sydney Sweeney one was like, that was rough. Like they said, Hey, you're very timid and shy and reserved, but take it up like five notches, like (laughs) with everything you say and just so overly apologetic, but it doesn't even seem genuine or charming. It's just kind of like, 
I want to do an impression of somebody that I think is shy. Yeah. And that's what she was doing the entire movie, you know, like, I, I don't know. I just think, I don't know. And like, I know Justin, I know you've seen Dakota Johnson in some things. Um, oh, it looks like we have, <laughs> you probably remember something else happening. Um, but you've seen her in peanut butter Falcon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She wasn't bad in that. She wasn't. And she wasn't bad in the bad times at the El Royale. I don't she's think she was in bad in that. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, she's never the best thing about a movie, but. She's never a good thing about a movie. The best I, thing my about point, her is her grandmother. Mm, Tippi Hedren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Like, my, but my point being, like, she's she's better than this. She's definitely, they're all, they've all been better than this and other things. And Sydney Sweeney, also another one I was trying to remember. She's great in White Lotus. I don't know if either of you have seen her White Lotus, but she's great in that too. Like, nope. she's good. This I don't is know the what first happened. And only thing I've seen her in and she is bad. <laughs> but I mean, you think about it too, like Halle Berry is an Oscar winning actress and she was Catwoman. Yeah, but she did a bad movie. But that also was not my first Halle Berry movie. Like, Sydney Sweeney, this is the first movie I've seen it's, you in. It's a really bad first impression. Yeah, for no, you. I got reminded by the trailer of that scene when he attacks him in the ambulance and they defibrillate the, the, the ambulance and it just launches him oh a mile away. Oh, my God. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, like, put it on the yeah. ceiling or yeah, whatever. she's like, now. And he goes, <laughs> and flies away. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Oh, my god! I'm telling you. This movie is too much bullshit for one single human mind to completely remember. Yeah. And the whole thing with them being in the car on the way to the hospital because Ben's sister is in labor. And then like all the stuff happens with the villain. And then he sees Cassie come and save him. And he's like, let me get out of the car in the middle of the street with my pregnant sister or sister-in-law here. Have a conversation real quick while she's in the middle of labor. (laughs) And then she's like, take her far away from here. It's like, Girls in labor, like this hospital is right here. You want me to take her somewhere else? Like, what is this? I don't know. It was just weird. Um, at least in the first trailer, it doesn't say anything about birthdays. Okay. Maybe I made it up. I really thought that they were all like when they were in the woods together doing their whole like, what's your connection thing? And they all had the same birthday. I don't know why I thought I saw that somewhere. Because it seems like something this movie would do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But either way, I was just kind of like, that's also a weird thing because how are you going to make that connection with why they're actually connected? And also they cut it out. It was cut scene. So if it was a thing at all, but anyways, I've run down my list of complaints and uh, it's, I'm out. I'm all out because there's, there's nothing more in me. <laughs> I have nothing left, but it's, and it's sad because you'd like to think there's at least one good element of this movie or that there could be one good element of this movie. And there's just not other than Adam Scott just being there for five minutes. Like, I don't know. It's, it's really unfortunate. And it it does like, I think you said it best at the beginning, Sterling, when you said it was definitely a cash grab movie. It's not one of those where they made it from the heart. They made it with love, any of that stuff. And also like, I know some people are like, 
thinking it's really funny the way they're doing their press for all of this. I'm actually kind of like annoyed by it because I'm like, you're not even trying. Like, you're not even pretending to care about this movie. But yeah. There's a website called the Illuminerdy. And apparently on November 15th, 2023, when the trailer dropped, they released an article that says everything you missed in Madam Webb's breathtaking new trailer. Do they mean in the sense that like it made them like stop breathing? Like it almost killed them? <laughs> mm. Like, cause they're had to, they don't mean that in like a, Oh my kind of way. Right. Like it took like, like in the bad way. Like you stopped breathing and almost died. Right. That's the only yes. way they really could admit that. Right. Cause I just watched that trailer and it only had scenes from the movie. And we've already discussed, there's no good scenes in the movie. So like, how can there be good scenes in the trailer? And they show so many spider women in that trailer. Oh my God. They were, and so, like, one of the things the director said about that when she was questioned about why did you have all that and you don't have their origins, you don't have anything in it. And they're like, well, we didn't want to bog down the movie by having four origin stories in this movie. We wanted that to be explored in later movies. Then why do you have it? Why is it featured so, like, there are fucking posters with the spider women on them. Everybody made such a big deal because, like, apparently Sydney Sweeney, when she got this role, went and got some Spider-Woman comics and, like, read shit. And she was like, one thing I noticed that she does a lot in the comics, her particular version of Spider-Woman, like, is upside down a lot. Like, doing the hanging from the web upside down thing. She's doing that a lot. And she, like, really pushed for the director and in and, and the movie to, like, have her do that. Because she was like, that's a big part of what she does in the comics. She's like that a lot. So we really got to do that with her. So like the first time you see her Spider-Woman in the movie is her coming upside down and all of these things. And I'm like, but for what? Why does it matter? You could have just as easily given all these, the, the, these, these young women the names of the characters. And so fans would have gone, wait, I recognize that name. Oh, shit, she's a Spider-Woman. Oh, I recognize that. Oh, shit, she's a Spider-Woman. Oh, they're all Spider-Women later. That would have been just as effective as the bullshit, you know, bait and switch you fucking did. And it's at least not a fucking lie. Because this movie's a lie. There's a guy on... uh with like a Rotten Tomatoes reviewer that said, um, it's not especially great or terrible, but it's surprisingly committed to transporting you back to 2003, a golden age for comic book movies that were aggressively mid or worse. <laughs> I mean, I disagree. It's bad. Yeah. But it does do that. It does transport you yeah. to comic book movies of yesteryear, but it's bad. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's... um. Yeah. 
Well, you guys got any more thoughts about this movie? Negative. Nah. I get to purge this from my fucking brain. Yes. It's going right up there with Night Swim on. I can't wait to forget this. How did this movie make Argyle look slightly competent? Yeah. It's like they're all trying to outdo each other for which can be the worst. (laughs) We have had a roller coaster of movies, guys. Because we've done, we did what, Anatomy of a Fall, then Argyle, then American Fiction, then this. We're going to do some more Academy Award nominated movies next week. This is a roller coaster time of the year for us. Weekend after that, I think is, the week after that, I think is the second Dune movie. Roller coaster. Let's see if we stabilize. Can we get two weeks in a row of good movies? That'd be fantastic. Right. That would be nice. That would be nice. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. It all depends on Dune, really. Because these other two movies, uh, you know, who's to say if we like these Academy Award nominated movies or not, but they're nominated for Best Picture. They've at least got to be better than Madam Web. One would hope. All right. On that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Assembly Slayers Podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.assemblyslayers.com. At, or we are, uh, we are Cinema Slayers Podcast on Facebook. We're at Cinema underscore Slayers on Instagram, Threads, and Letterboxd. We are uh, at Cinema Slayers Pod on TikTok and uh, YouTube. Uh, shout out to Plugmigo and Mundo Cho for our theme song and logos, respectively. Uh, give us a five-star rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. Really help us out. Uh, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends, family, tell your family's friends. And most of all, tell those dear sweet mothers because dear sweet mothers love. Adam Scott. Only acceptable only answer, answer for this episode. <laughs> we here at the Simulator Podcast are pro-slut, pro-Sydney, pro-naked. We also believe that you, fans, yes, you, are enough. And that there still has not been any justice for Chris. And Henry Kissinger is still dead. Looked it up about five minutes ago. As of five minutes ago, he was still dead. So that's good. And as I always in these TikToks, these YouTube videos, and this podcast, just remember, according to Justin, another Marvel character with the name of Moon Knight is the Best Picture winner. I found one more review that I thought was funny. It says, Madam Web does not believe its own audience to be especially intelligent. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Yep. That's a good one. Yeah. The second half of it just says, perhaps that's why it was, it has removed everything that would provide even rudimentary food for thought. It's a good review. I like that. (laughs) Man, they they were roasting this one. (laughs) 
Like we didn't just spend two hours doing yeah. the same damn thing. Justin, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I literally had a I list know. of complaints about this movie. I literally <laughs> said it is the single worst comic book movie ever made. Once we get to Rotten Tomatoes level of people caring what we think, we can worry about it. <laughs> I mean, I said that this movie has no acting, no story or plot. I said this movie is offensive to movies being made. You did, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I need? I need to get bit by a supercharger spider. Go to the Amazon. Apparently find I that gotta, guy who's just waiting for people. I in the go forest. to Peru. I got to find that one tree <laughs> that faces yep. the river. And then I turn around, bam, Jungle Spider-Man will be standing right there with a spider going, here you go, son. Be bit and be supercharged with the peptides. Right. I just got to find the right combination of peptides. (laughs) There was also a, a guy that was reviewing the movie, like fresh out of the theater, that was uncontrollably laughing like at how bad it was. And he was like, first of all, like why is somebody who hates people so much an EMT? (laughs) And yeah, like, I I don't know. And also like talking about the mom at the beginning and just like how rude she was when like, it's like, so he gives her an umbrella and she's just like, Oh, thanks. And like brushes him off. It's like, no wonder he wanted to kill the entire. bitch. (laughs) Oh man, this movie. I just love how this woman just goes, I'm going to start studying spiders because my daughter might have a genetic disorder. So therefore, within a span of less than nine months, she starts researching spiders, finds a magic spider, then goes and locates it in the jungle. Yet somehow that wasn't the most unbelievable thing about this movie. And yet somehow no one else has ever found that spider before. Right. But she found it in the span of six months. Yep. Yeah. Fuck this movie. Fuck this movie. Say it with me, Heather. Fuck this movie. This movie. (laughs) Jason will say it. Will you say it, Jason? F the movie. Man, fuck both you guys. (laughs) Both of you have said fuck on this podcast. You can say it about this movie. To be fair, I was impersonating you. I don't give a shit. Reading your thoughts. I have read your reviews when you write them and you say fuck all the time. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Justin, when she she sent us that message about Nightswim, did she not say fuck so many times in that review? You read it. You said you read it word for word. I I read it verbatim. I no choice but to believe you. Right. Yeah. Betrayed. This is just like crawl all over again. Oh, God. The visit. (laughs) Both of those. This is just a crawl visit situation with the betrayal. (laughs) We watched this movie. You both can't just say fuck about this movie. Justin, you said fuck in this episode. I don't know why you can't just say fuck this movie. I don't want to steal your lines, buddy. 
That's your line, brother. <laughs> I was just asking us to unitarily, just in unison, you know, say say my line for the movie. I just don't want to steal from you, man. Nobody says it better than it's, you, though. It's not it's not stealing if I'm asking you to, Chastin. <laughs> you can't steal feels, with consent. It just feels a little wrong, man. I don't <laughs> want to do that to you. If it ever would feel right, it's this movie. <laughs> You're right, this this movie, movie doesn't deserve my precious curse words. Yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's not even good enough to earn that. Okay. Yeah, That's why it energy. deserves it. <laughs> if a movie is ever going to get a fuck this movie from Heather, it is Madam Web. <laughs> Sorry, Sterling. I'll send you something. I'll send you a fun bag or something. <laughs> The face. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No follow up. Just no. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> I'm out.